Before I get started, I would like to issue this disclaimer. I am not a mental health professional. I am an individual who is passionate about mental health and topics related to mental health. Research has been done on these topics and I am sharing my own personal experience. All conversation and information exchange are intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Any information shared should not be used as medical advice or to self-diagnose. If you believe you are experiencing an emergency, please talk to your primary physician or call 911. Welcome back to another episode of Mind If We Chat. If you're a first-time listener, thank you for joining. This is episode 26 now, <laughs> and I'm really happy to be in this far. Um, I want to do another reflection episode, but I didn't want to do it by myself um, because of the topic that I chose to kind of talk about, I think I needed someone to talk with. So today, my very special guest, who is sitting right next to me, uh, is my husband. He is back again, Rogelio. Hello. Hello, everyone. How are you today? Uh, I'm all right. Oh, you sound happy to be here. (laughs) I'm very happy to be here. If you could see me smile. (laughs) So I wanted to bring you on with me because I wanted to kind of talk about love language and attachment style. So it's something I've been looking over, you know, at work when I should be working. (laughs) I've been doing paperwork and I've been listening to like YouTube videos and, you know, um, hearing like different psychologist perspectives on attachment style and, and, um, love language. I also had a book that my lovely co-worker, uh, former co-worker, Portia had given me called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Um, I've been looking through it. I haven't got a chance to actually read it, read it. because I've been so busy. <laughs> so um, I was looking through it and love language is something we've talked about before you and I in like private conversation, correct? Right. And we were trying to figure out, like, what's our love language? Would this make things, like, work easier if we knew each other's love language? Um, you know, so love language, there's five styles of love language. Uh, receiving gifts, quality time, acts of service, physical touch, and words of affirmation. So just to go over quickly with you guys, uh, words of affirmation, obviously, it's just giving your partner, like, you know, compliments, words of reassurance, praise, admiration. So someone with that love language really likes to hear those things. Uh, gifts, obviously, I mean, that's pretty, pretty, um, forward. Yeah. But it's not just for some people, it's not really just like gifts, like material gifts. Sometimes it could be something small, just to show like you thought about them like it could be something simple like a candy or their favorite like snack or you know what i mean like something small some people are simple other people their love language is gifts that are very extravagant (laughs) uh acts of service so doing something nice for someone um maybe taking on a little bit more responsibility or doing them like taking some more of the chores, uh, things like that. That one's pretty kind of forward too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, physical touch. Now see, people think physical touch, the love language has everything to do with sex, but it's really not. Physical touch is just like maybe like holding a hand or rubbing an arm, rubbing your hand through the hair like they're cats. <laughs> uh, what else? It's just like kind of... Hugging, in, holding. Yeah. Hugging, holding. Thank you. And quality time. Quality time. Obviously, that one's pretty forward to spending time with them. Giving them your time. Um, so, Rahilo, we've done a few uh, love language tests, correct? Yeah. What did you score? What did you get for yours? I forgot. What did I get? 
I, from what I remember when we initially took it, that was maybe like before Sergio was born. So about two and a half years ago, maybe a little more. Um, yours was physical touch, which I had already knew was going to be physical touch. Because you really like that closeness. Am I, am I, am I wrong? I like to breathe my hot breath on you. <laughs> That's how close I like being. I mean, if you could, I think you would sit in my lap a lot. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, I'm sitting in your lap, laying in your lap, go to mm -hmm. sleep on your lap, mm -hmm. breathe my hot breath in your ear. <laughs> and you're very much like, you just like to be physically close. And I think if we had to do all the five love languages, like, and put them in order, that physical touch would be the last for me. It, it really would. Like, I, I like to be close to you, but I also like my personal space. I don't, I think if you could be, you'd be up under me all day. And I don't, that's hard. <laughs> I think that's really hard for me to be, to share my space. I don't know what it is. Like one thing you like doing is rubbing the back of my neck and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I just don't like to be touched like that. Um, but for me, my, and I wasn't surprised by this at all. My... Uh, Tess said I was quality time. And uh, yeah, that's definitely me. I really like to spend spend time. I think that when someone gives me their time, I feel like oh, I feel really good. I feel really, really good. I like time is important. Time is not to be wasted. Right. And I feel like when somebody is willing to give you their time, that's that's important. And to me, that's how I show my love too. like if I'm giving you the time of day. Yeah, I love you. Uh, what would you think your last one out of the five would be? Like, if you had to order them, what would your order be? It would probably be... Name them off again. So it's words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, physical touch, and quality time. Probably gifts. So gifts would be your last one? Yeah. Why is that? You can give anybody a gift. Mm -hmm. Just spending time with them is different. Mm -hmm. Holding them is different. Mm -hmm. you know? So order them for me. What would you say? Uh, Do you say physical touch is your first? Yeah. <laughs> and then probably, what is it, the quality time one? Mm -hmm. And then... Say gifts will be my last one. Mm -hmm. What about access service? Would you place that as your third or your fourth? Probably third. Okay. So that leaves us with which one? Words of affirmation. Yeah, that'd be second to last. Okay. I think mine would be quality time, words of affirmation, access service, gifts, and physical touch. Um, like... I feel like quality time, like, obviously, that's how I show my love and that's how I like to receive love. But I feel like words of affirmation is another one for me that I really like. I like to be praised. I like to know that I'm doing a good job because I think it just like, you know, it helps boot, give me a boost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, but yeah, physical touch. I don't know. I just <laughs> and it's sometimes stop touching me. <laughs> um. I, and I'll be really, really honest. I'm fine with physical touch if I'm in the act, you know. Wah, you chicka, no wah, wah. <laughs> I mean, I that that's a choice. I feel like okay, I'll make. But when it's just like sit, like holding someone's hand, like I'm, I'm a girl woman. I don't need to cross the street. Like holding your hand, like no, thank you. I wonder what person who doesn't like physical touch while they're in the act. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, there probably are people like that, like they just want to hurry up and get it over with. Like, turn me around, and don't touch me. <laughs> yeah, don't even breathe on me. Don't look at me. Don't. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Huh. I mean, maybe they just do hand stuff. Okay, we're not. That's a, that's a whole 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 another podcast. So we don't want to get too much into that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like. What do you, for me, since your love language is physical touch, 
And that's like last on my list. You can go ahead and drink your pop. You're fine. Um, what would you, <laughs> what would you, like, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with, okay, I want to hold you right now, but you just want to be in your own space. Like, what do you do with that? <laughs> and how does that make you feel? If I want to hold you, I'll hold you. I'll go behind you and give you a big old bear hug. But what? And just wait until you want it. I just take it. But seriously, in all seriousness, what do you do when the time's at? Because I know I have done it, and it's something I'm trying to work on. But, like, if you come to hug me, and I'm just like, I'm not right now. Like, I don't, mm -mm. Like, don't touch me. And I may not say it. I may not clearly say it. I clearly not verbalize. Don't touch me. But I may just, like, push away. Like, how do you, how does that make you feel? I'll wait five minutes and go back again. <laughs> but I mean, like, that constant, like, don't touch me. Do you ever feel like rejected at all? Uh, sometimes. Okay. So how do you like deal with that? Uh, I just walk away and come back in five minutes. No, I'm I'm, I'm being, being serious. serious. I walk away, come I back in five minutes. I don't think that's true though, because there because are you times you just don't notice it. <laughs> your your persistence, I just don't. Yeah, like how you didn't notice when I hold your hand crossing the street until someone pointed it out. Yeah, my dad pointed that out. <laughs> he ruined it for you. He ruined it for me. <laughs> um. And I think that's hard because I started to notice, like, you know, I started to become more aware, like, I don't like physical touch. So how, how can I, like, try to be more into physical touch for you? Because I started to think about if this is your love language and I'm ignoring that love language, how, how do you feel about it? Um, so I think I have been trying more, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And see, for me... Like I said, minus quality time. So I feel that I feel that it's not that difficult for for me and you when it comes to that aspect. So I think when we talk about quality time, it is easy for us to, you know, get on that same level. We that's my primary love language, but it's second for you. So I think it's easy to tie those two together. And I have been trying to make an effort to tie in your first love language of physical touch. So when we're spending time together, you know, I try to keep close to you or sit by you on the couch. Because that's one, I think, activity we've been, I've been trying to do. I know you really like to watch TV and movies. And, you know, I try to now engage in that, doing stuff that you like to do. Um... Yeah, so I, I've been trying actively. But uh, going back to like quality time, I believe that I really try to be conscious of qu the word quality. Like you can give anybody time, right? And then you can feel like you just wasted time. <laughs> but I feel like quality time for me is like, you know, doing something meaningful, doing something that makes me feel good, you know? Not just, I did something and I did it just to do it. I kind of feel like I just wasted my time. Because I feel like time is important. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, anything... Oh, you know what? I actually... For anybody who's struggling with, like, love language, I was looking up... Because, um, like I said, this... The Five Love Language book, The Secret to Love That Last by Gary Chapman. I have the book. I've skimmed through it, but I haven't had time to actually dedicate to read it, which I'm hoping to do over spring break. But I did find this um, love language chart. And it kind of says how you can communicate it, actions to take, and things to avoid with a partner. And we even watched a YouTube video, right? She was a... Uh, a family therapist and she talked about it yeah yeah what was kind of your before i read off kind of off this chart what was your takeaways from what she was saying you don't remember <laughs> i only watched some youtube videos well there was physical touch right i think because we were, we're we focused a well i know i did focused a lot on like our next part of what we're going to talk about but um, she said one thing in there, if your love, love language is physical touch, avoid withholding it from your partner, even when you're upset, like swallow your pride and, or push your pride to the side and still show 
affection to your, you know, physical touch to your partner, if that's their love language. That's what I took away from that one. Because I was like, ooh, yes, because I do that a <laughs> And we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but any takeaways from that? No. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and go right to this chart. Uh, so love language. If your partner's love language or your love language is receiving gifts, um, you can communicate that through thoughtfulness and make your partner a priority. Uh, actions you can take is give thoughtful gifts. Pick up something your partner says they need and pay for it and say thank you. Um, what are some other ways you think receiving gifts? I think like finding out what your partner really likes, right? Without them, because sometimes it's nice to not have to tell somebody necessarily, you know. What you want, what you need. Yeah, they just like know. Yeah, but there's times you think you may know what they want or need, and then, you know, it's the wrong thing. You think you know, but you have no idea. <laughs> this is a true story about what you don't know. <laughs> so, um, some things to avoid when you have a partner whose love language is receiving gifts is unenthusiastic gift receiving, forgetting special dates. That is the worst. If you have somebody who has a love language of receiving gifts and you forget an anniversary, or you forget like a special like occasion. Like Valentine's Day, like us men always forget. We always gotta ask Alexa. Oh, you know what? Don't don't can't don't say us men, like if it's every man out there. Cause I think I think there's some thoughtful I I believe there are thoughtful men out there. I'm not one of them. <laughs> no I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> I'll give you a Snickers and keep on trucking. Yeah, he really will. Uh, but, okay, so quality time. Uh, how to communicate this is one-on-one -on -one mandatory time without cell phones. Yeah, I, I, that's a good way to communicate that. I think cell phones are, they're great, but I feel that they do take up a lot of time and they can interfere with quality time. And especially if that's your love language and you look over and you're like, feeling like you're trying to connect with your partner and they're on their phone, that's going to like be something that's going to make you feel like rejected. Or if, I know for instance, like with me, if I feel like we're spending time together, but it's not something that I'm enjoying and it's more like what you like, I start to get like, okay, well I'm not, <laughs> I'm not having quality time, you know, mm -hmm. um, actions to take someone like this create special moments um so since this is being your second one you can kind of talk about this with me do you feel like when we create special moments like for instance like celebrating your birthday you told me that's not some i mean you didn't really celebrate your birthday right but then like so i made a conscious thing like to do fun things on your birthday that you liked do you feel like that was something that made you feel loved by me? Yeah. You can expand. <laughs> you don't have to get one word answers. But I'd like to. <laughs> oh, and then um, things to avoid. Spending most of your free time apart. Yeah, I would agree with that. If you have a partner and... You know, your love language is quality time and there is something else and they don't give you their time. That's uh, that's not good, <laughs> especially if they have free time and they fill up their time with like spending time with other people and they don't bother giving you any time. That's hard. I don't think I've ever really been in a relationship like that. Um, But I mean, then again, I haven't been in many relationships. So, yeah. Uh, acts of service, how to communicate, let them know you are wanting to lighten their load. Uh, actions to take are make them dinner, go out to your, go out of your way to help with errands. Um, things to avoid, not following through on things that you say you are going to do. Yeah, I could definitely see how that, if your love language is acts of service and somebody says, I'm going to do X, Y, Z for you and they don't show up or they kind of like half-ass it. Yeah, that would be a, a hard pill to swallow if you felt strongly about that. All right. Now I need you to talk a little more because we're going to talk about physical touch. 
how to communicate, nonverbal use of touch to show love. Please stop touching me. <laughs> stop. Actions to take, hugs, cuddling, spooning. Oh, but I do let you be the little spoon. <laughs> I want to be the fork. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, hugs, cuddling, spooning, making out, massages. Oral sex or penetrative sex. <laughs> and things to avoid are physical neglect or sexual touch without permission from your partner. Hmm? Talk to me. What was the last one you said? Things to avoid are physical neglect or sexual touch without permission from your partner. So maybe not, you know, if you're trying to touch the goodies and they don't want it or you don't like, you know. Oh, you could touch my goodies anytime. <laughs> okay, calm down here. <laughs> uh, what would you, yeah, do elaborate for us. Talk to us, Mr. Physical Touch. I'd just like to be held and for me to touch you back. Mm. So what happens, like I said, I had mentioned in that video that that family therapist was talking about that. And that was one of the things she advised not to do. You know, even if you guys got in a heated fight, don't withhold touch, like giving a hug and things like that from your partner. Um, because that really can be a very strong rejection and they can feel unloved. Um, tell me how you, your thoughts on that or how you I'm feel. Tell you I'm not going to let you touch me. Hmm? If we get into an argument or whatnot, like, why would I want you to, like, to hug me? Like, Okay, so for instance, so you know how sometimes in the morning I wake up and I'm, like, mad about something mm-hmm. that happened, like, the previous night or whatever? Because you know how sometimes I wake up like that? Mm-hmm. And then you'll go to, like, give me a kiss goodbye and I'm like... I gotta go. Like, I ain't got time for this. Like, I don't want to talk to you because you don't even know, like, why I'm upset right now. I talk about one of them moments. Yeah, one of those moments. You know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't know why you're upset. You just woke up and you're upset (laughs) because you had a dream of me drinking a Coca-Cola instead of a Diet Coke. (laughs) You're like, fuck you, you fat bastard. Hey, I would not say that. That's not nice. Um, fat bastard? (laughs) Okay. So what would you, what would you say to that? What are your thoughts on that? Like, what happened? Like, I don't know. Like, like what happened the day before? But in the aspect of love language, I'm talking about, like, the physical touch part, the lack of physical touch. You went to engage me, and because I'm upset, I'm not, now I'm not meeting your love language. Ah, like, I'll be like, all right, wait till she comes back home from work, and I'll try again. Okay. So there's no feelings of, like, oh, this sucks. I don't feel loved right now. No. I I don't know. I I really kind of, I don't believe that. Maybe you're holding some stuff and that's okay. You don't want to be open. That's okay. We're going to get all into that in the next segment. Um, And words of affirmation. uh, Encourage, affirm, appreciate, and listen actively. That's how to communicate with someone who has that love language. Uh, Actions to take or send an unexpected card or text. And yeah, this being my second one, I would agree with that. When I get a text, like, from you, or even from, like, a friend who, you know... Because this, this is also, like... For me, love language isn't just about, like, relationship. It's relationship with other people. Like, if I haven't heard from a friend and they're like, Hey, I miss you. Like, I haven't talked to you in so long. Like, you're great. Oh, my God, I feel so loved. Like, that's just me. But, um, yeah, I think... And then when I get unexpected things from you, like... Messages are like when you look at me and be like, "You're great." I'm like, "Why? What did you do wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But That's why I don't do it anymore. Put <laughs> you with something good, and you'd be like, "What you do?" <laughs> no, but those things make me feel really nice, and they make me feel really good. I actually had somebody tell me, "I don't think your love language is words of affirmation because you don't believe the nice things that people tell you." Like, that's not true. I do, but... I just don't believe them from you. <laughs> it just depends who they come from. <laughs> so, and then things to avoid. Only saying words of blame instead of praising efforts. Yes, 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 yes. I definitely see that with, you know, like I said, with this being my second love language. Um, yeah. And then no one likes to be blamed either. I think that's kind of, you know, I don't think anybody... Unless you're at work and you want to get fired, blame me. 
you just like all that craziness, but uh yeah, I think that's all I can say about love language. Um I think it's really important to know what your partner's love language is and for you to know what your love language is and to have a good sense. You could Google like love language test and like I think you said something important like if you're being honest on those questions, yeah, you'll you know, I think it's important to answer those questions honestly. Yeah. Um, so you could get the closest result to, you know, you know, you don't have to see a therapist for a love language test. You can just simply just Google it, and there's a bunch of free ones online. You don't feel confident about one, you can take another one. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So we're gonna move on. This is this is what we spent the bulk of our time looking at, right? When we were uh, planning for this episode. When you were planning for the episode. Yes, when I was planning for the episode. And then you just came out Friday. Hey, we're going to be recording. <laughs> I did not tell you I'm Friday. Like, huh? I told you like two weeks ago, boy. That was this week. Um, So you threw me off. <laughs> we are going to talk about attachment style. So what are the attachment styles? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I want to know. Tell me more. Tell me more. So the attachment styles. So before I get into what the things are, maybe I should get into what the things are first. Let me do that. So the attachment styles are four. It's secure attachment, anxious, preoccupied attachment, avoidant, dismissive, and avoidant, fearful. So in the 1950s, uh, a psychologist, a British psychologist, John Boldby, came up with the attachment theory. He didn't have all four. He just had secure, anxious, and avoidant, dismissive. So he theorized that early on in your life, in early childhood, the attachment you have with your parents or caregivers will mold and grow into the attachment you will have with your partner later on in life. And then we had Marie Ainsworth. She also, in the 1970s, started to build on what he was talking about. And together they made these four attachments. Uh, and so secure attachment is, I trust you, I loved you, I love you, there's mutual respect, there's mutual trust, we can talk things out, we can communicate. Um, so someone with this attachment style may say, it is relatively easy for me to become emotionally close to others. I am comfortable depending on others and have others depend on me. I don't worry about being alone or having others not accept me. All right. So now let's get in. So that's, that's the one attachment style that they say keeps healthy relationships. Now with the other ones, I want to make it clear. In the research, I want to make it very clear. These attachment styles are, are causes of some kind of negativity, I want to say, if that's how it was described. Like, kind of just having, like, kind of rockiness between your caregivers and that attachment relationship with them. So the first is anxious, preoccupied. I want to be completely emotionally intimate with others, but I often find that others are reluctant to get as close as I would like. And I am uncomfortable being without close relationships, but I sometimes worry that others don't value me as much as I value them. So people with this attachment style seek high levels of intimacy, approval, and responsiveness from their partners. They sometimes value intimacy such as an extent that they become overly dependent on their partners some things that when we were like watching the the videos about this attachment style mm -hmm. i heard a lot of words like needy clingy fear of abandonment those are some words and i wouldn't make that face because when we took that quiz i got this attachment style anxious preoccupied we're gonna get that into that in a little bit but i want to read these off um next is avoidant dismissive so with this attachment style um people are comfortable without close emotional relationships it's very important to them to feel independent and self-sufficient and they prefer not to be dependent on others or have others depend on them they view themselves as self-sufficient and invulnerable to feelings associated with being closely attached to others they often deny feeling 
I'm sorry. They often deny needing close relationships. They have a defensive characteristic to them. And lastly is the avoidant fearful. Someone with this attachment style would say, I am somewhat uncomfortable getting close to others. I want emotionally close relationships, but I find it difficult to trust others completely or to depend on them. I sometimes worry that I will hurt if I allow myself to become too close to others. People with this attachment style have mixed feelings about close relationships. On the one hand, they desire to have emotional close relationships. On the other hand, they tend to feel uncomfortable with emotional closeness. They commonly view themselves as unworthy of responsiveness from their partners, and they don't trust the intuition of their partners. All right, so that was a lot of information to take in. So we're just going to share kind of our experience with these attachments and that was like one reason I wanted to do this episode um I think not a lot of people know this like I before even doing this I heard about this studying psychology but I wasn't like oh I want to know my attachment style nah man after I researched this I was like oh my god why <laughs> um so let's get into it we're at Lil. I want you to start I want you to start I, before we even did this and we read this, I had already labeled you as the avoidant dismissive. Correct? What was that? Well, I start, I, I really labeled you these things thinking about the beginning of our relationship, like the first few years. You're very much, I don't want to be vulnerable. I cannot get close to you. And anytime something would start to go good, it almost seemed like you were sabotaging it and trying to make it bad on purpose to not get close to me. Would you agree? This is, I'm talking about early on. Can't remember that far back. Yes, you can. <laughs> that was only 15 years ago. You can remember. <laughs> I got injured in the war. <laughs> back in Vietnam. Um... But seriously, this is stuff like we've talked about off air. It's okay. Be vulnerable right now. Like, it's okay. You're safe here. Like, you're safe. I don't remember. Like, I don't think I'm trying to sabotage the relationship when it got good. But you avoided it. Like, you avoided getting too close to me. And it took it took a while. No. Oh, it's close okay. to you. Okay, so tell me. Before, like when we were looking at this, what did you think your attachment style was? Um, I forgot which one it was. What did no? I know which one it was, but what did you think it was? Read them off again. I think it was the first one. Secure attachment. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so we googled right, and we took these tests, and the test yours came out fearful avoidance. Hmm. And yours was, and fearful avoidant is people with this attachment style have mixed feelings about close relationships. On the one hand, they desire to have emotionally close relationships. On the other hand, they tend to feel uncomfortable with emotional closeness. They commonly view themselves as unworthy of responsiveness from their partners, and they don't trust the intention of their partners. Anything you want to talk about that? Okay, I'm asking you. <laughs> I could talk all day. I want to hear from you. <laughs> I mean, you got that and you answered. We did the test together, right? Mm -hmm. And you answered those questions pretty honest. So, and that was your whole point. You got to be honest on those tests in order to get some kind of accuracy. Right. And that's what it came up with. Yeah. So, what makes you. Now looking at that and the questions they asked and the things you answered and hearing what avoid and fearful is, what makes you see that? What what in there can you relate to? Because I could definitely see what I could pull out just words that. Like which words? Uh, you know, you know, see, this is what you do. You try to have me answer for you and I'm not going to. <laughs> Why not? Do you need me to make it bigger? I yeah. Can make it bigger for you. All right. Hold on. We're adjusting. We're reading off our screen and the words are too little. 
There we go. So I'm having him look at this fearful avoidant chart right now and he's looking over to see what words would fit him. Just in this. So this is yours right here. The uncomfortable part. I don't like being... So on the other hand, they tend to feel uncomfortable with emotional closeness. Right. What is it about that? I don't like some of my emotions or... You know, being, I couldn't tell at all. <laughs> or being like, mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, come here, come cry on my shoulder. I mean, like, skirt. Someone's crying and you turn around. <laughs> I mean, or uh, like, if I'm, if I just need somebody, I'd be like, skirt. Let me go the other way. Let me be alone. Yeah, you definitely like. I think that that. In itself, like our attachment style, I'll get into this a little more, but I think our attachment style kind of, and you don't really like what I was, I was 18 when we started dating and you were 25. This is not something we were like, quote unquote, woke about. We had, we had seen this, <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? Like, I don't understand this. I don't, I don't get it. Like, I just see him. I like him. He likes me. It's fine. Right. But knowing what we know now, like, I definitely see this with you in the beginning. Have mixed feelings about close relationships. Emotionally closed. Uh, wants emotional closeness, but it's uncomfortable. Views himself as unworthy of responsive from their partners. Yeah, I definitely see that. Don't trust the intentions of their partners. You know? Yeah, I definitely see that. So, when the theorists say... Or the psychologists say it stems from your childhood. What in your childhood would you say, like, attributed to your attachment style? I don't know. Oh, but you're doing it because we literally had this conversation. You were very open. So what is, what's the difference now? What are you talking about? You're not being open. See, you're, you're uncomfortable with emotional closeness. Get close to the listeners. <laughs> no, be honest. It's okay to see. The thing is, like, I and I wanted to do this episode with you because I knew this was going to happen. I knew the minute that microphone was on, you were going to be like, I ain't got shit to say. Because I could tell you the whole conversation you and I had off of air when we were thinking about this video and talking about the episode. But I knew this was going to happen because you're not used to being vulnerable. You know people are going to listen to this. So now you're like, oh, girl, I ain't saying shit. But this is good because I, it's okay to it's okay to talk about things. And it's okay. It is you okay might have people call you a billion times like, why are you talking about me? I don't want people calling me. <laughs> Neither did she I. She got my but... number deleted. <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, like, let's be serious for a minute here. What do you feel when you reflect back on if this is saying what stemmed from childhood? What do you think in your lifetime, you know, in your childhood made you a fearful avoidant? I don't know. I'm trying to think. What made me fearful of Okay, so now what I'll do, because I know how you are, so now, and this is what I think in our relationship makes it hard, like, when we think about, like, communication, is, like, sometimes I feel like I have to pull from you. I have to pull. So, I'm gonna try to do that right now. (laughs) Do you feel, so you, your dad passed away when you were a child. You were number 10 out of 10. So you were the littlest and what your oldest. You were 10 out of 10. Okay. And your oldest sister was what? In her 20s. Right? I don't know how she is. She's old. (laughs) She was like in her 20s. So here you are. You know, 10 out of 10. Your mom worked a lot, right? Right. You know. Was emotion something that was talked about in your house? No. Did you feel like you you had like the presence of 
of let me reward reword that do you feel that you had closeness with your parent like emotional closeness not like i can go and tell my mom if something happened but like i could tell my mom how i feel no do you feel like you had siblings where i could tell them how i feel and i could feel safe in saying how i feel only if i get beat up <laughs> so so what did you kind of do with that with those feelings i pushed them down and what did you do as you got older? What did you do with that? Were you able to say like, hey, like, I see this is a problem. Let's talk about it. Nope. So what did you do? Nothing. <laughs> and see, this is the thing. This is how we know you're fearful avoidant. <laughs> I, I sense a lot of fear in you opening up right now. And you're avoiding it by trying to act <laughs> like you don't know what's happening. And yeah, like. So do you think that, how how do you think your attachment style with your son is going to change for, like, as he gets older? I want him to have, so when I look at these and think what I want my child to have, I want him to have secure attachment. And I know that starts with us. So how do we give him secure attachment? How do we give him, you know, emotional, like, how do we show him to be emotionally available? By asking him how his date was and see how everything is going for him. But how can you do that when you're not emotionally vulnerable? That's my question. Like I'm just because I'm not. I mean, he can't. I could. But... I could always ask how you doing, how your day was. Ain't like I'm gonna be telling him. Well, today, you know, at work, I wanted to kick this kid in the head because he talked back to me. But I think you're skipping over what I'm trying to get at. If you're avoidant fearful and you don't talk about your emotions just like now you're not being really open you're kind of closed off you're you know just like i don't trust this process i'm not going to talk about it how are you going to be with your child if sergio comes to you and says dad i'm feeling sad i feel really sad inside how are you going to address that then i ask why what's causing it what's making it you making you feel sad and if he tells you and you don't know how to deal with it, or if it's a lot for you to deal with, how are you going to handle that for him to be able to kind of regulate those emotions that he's having? All right, go ask mom. <laughs> go let mom know. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Okay. If I can't help, someone in the household can, right? <laughs> but I mean, like, what if that makes him have this fearful avoidant attachment as well? What if I, what if he comes to me and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Then you get what I'm saying? Like, then he's going to have two parents like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And then hence, he's going to have get an attachment style that's and if you one don't know of what to these do, negative ones. If he doesn't know what to do, we don't know what to do. We all go to Google. <laughs> Google's the answer. Okay. So now I'm going to push past this and I'm going to move on to my... Uh, attachment style, which did not surprise me at all. So I took the test and I got the anxious preoccupied. <sighs> People with this style of attachment seek high levels of intimacy, which is kind of weird because I don't like physical touch, but I guess I look for intimacy in different ways. I don't know. Approval and responsiveness from their partners. They sometimes value intimacy to such an extent that they become overly dependent on their partner. I don't know if I completely agree with that part. I don't think I'm overly dependent on you. Would you... You think I am? You want to order some food? <laughs> Here's the phone. You can call. I mean, like, overly dependent. Like, I need you to do everything I can. That's different. I just don't like talking to people. You want to go right to, right to the north side? You drive. But that's, like, because of fear of, I don't like driving on the expressway. Or I don't like being in, like, lots of traffic. That makes me anxious. I'm talking about, like, I need you to do everything and I can't do anything. No. No. See, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that part. But I do know that I definitely agree. See, but then, like, clingy. I'm like, I don't, I don't think I'm clingy. 
maybe a little needy, like emotionally needy. I'll, I'll own up to that. I could definitely be. But I don't think I'm like clingy, like, I need you. Don't leave. Oh my God. Like, I don't, I don't view myself in that light. Um, but I, I will say I am like that. I want to get close to people, but I'm not sure that I want to be emotionally close. Like, I want to have friendships with people, but I don't want to be let down. Um, what else? I worry. I worry that people will come and go. And so sometimes I'm like, well, you can just go. You don't have to know. Just don't come this way. Just go. Uh, what else? I Reassurance is definitely one that this attack. Yeah. Yeah. Reassurance. I need to be reassured that everything's fine. Like... And I think you've seen that. Right. Mm-hmm. Give me an example. Not right now. This podcast is going to be okay. <laughs> Stop touching me. <laughs> I'm going to show you that it's going to be all right. Like Bob Marley says. I don't like to be alone. But I think that stems from other reasons that I don't like to be alone. Like, I don't like to be alone in the house. Like, I don't. I, I'm scared to be by myself in the house. But for, that's for other reasons. That's not like, I don't want to be by myself. Because you could be in the same house as me, but I'll go in the room. You leave the fuck alone. <laughs> um, but let's see. What what other characters I'm looking ten, of Like 10 signs. Strong desire for relationships. Okay. <sighs> Clingy and needy behaviors. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Clean, I don't know. Overanalyzing and worriedly excessively about relationships. I don't mm, see that one. I'm kind of like about to. Becoming extremely upset when receiving disapproval. That, as hard as that is, I'll swallow that pill and say, yeah. I think I have a really hard time with like criticism. Because when I get criticized, even if it's constructive, with any kind of criticism, I always feel like. The person views me as bad, right? So for instance, if I make a mistake and someone says like, oh, this is how you can do it next time. Like, what do you think? I'm not capable. Like, do you think I'm dumb? Then I start to like project, like I start to feel all these like negative things. Like the person doesn't think highly of me or the person thinks I'm like, you know, uncapable, mm-hmm. un- you know, and I start to like, chip away at my own self-esteem when it comes to that yeah that was even uncomfortable right now for me to have to have to say that um i'm trying to think what else i can add to that yeah i could and when i think about where that came from i think we all know where that came from (laughs) but i think that came from my dad too just wanting like not wanting him to leave wanting him to stay he did work a lot and you know I didn't want him to leave I want him to stay with me and when my parents were fighting and I always thought he was gonna like move out or my parents were gonna divorce I would be like I don't want you to leave like don't abandon me don't leave me here um but a lot of that I think my attachments anxious attachment style came of like the needing of approval from my birth giver which I will not name because she gets a little upset when uh she's mentioned on here and she thinks that that's a way that I'm trying to reach out to her. But I'm not going to get into that. Then saying God listen. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But we're not going to get into that right now. That's a whole different story <laughs> for another time. <laughs> um, yeah, so I definitely could see where in my childhood that, that came from. Just that wanting to be accepted and almost feel like I'm being kept at arm's length um, by, by my birth giver. Not my dad so much. I think it was more like I just wanted him around. I wish he could have been around more. You know, I knew he needed to work. I knew he needed to make a living. But when he would go out and drink, it was almost like I felt like, you know, why don't you want to be here with with us? Like, yeah. Because of your birth giver. Yeah. Well, I know that now. But, you know, I always used to be, as a kid, you don't know that. And when, you know, my mom would say things like, your dad doesn't want to spend time with you guys or 
I was gonna say something, but never mind. <laughs> or like, you know, he always wants to just be at the bar with his friends. Like, I'm sure that's true because I don't think I should. If I were him, I would have been at the bar with my friends too. But yeah, like I said, I'm not going to get into that. So as we were learning more about the attachment styles, what is we stumbled upon this video, right? With the avoidance. Uh, what was it? Oh, why, why are anxious attachment and avoidant attachments drawn to each other? That was an interesting video to me. What about you? What did you think about that video? I don't even know what's from that. It's oh like, my goodness. You, you get like 10 <laughs> Look videos. at your, you're just avoiding now. I feel it. <laughs> avoiding. So in this video, it was like the avoidant, um, avoidant attack. It was a cartoon character once? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was the cartoon character. It was from like the, I can't, now I can't remember the name. But I know in the video, it said like 40% of the population in relationships are anxious attachment and avoidant attachment. And from what I took from the video, uh, remember the little characters? It's like the anxious wants to be intimate with the, with the avoidant, right? And in there they were like laying in bed and he turned over and she turned over and then she started getting upset. And she was really upset and then she wakes him up and she starts yelling at him and now they're in this fight and he been there. Can, can <laughs> and he completely closes down. So it left the anxious avoidant feeling abandoned and it left the, I think it was just dismissive. They never specified what avoidant, fearful or dismissive, no, but it was just avoidant. The avoidant person was shut down and withdrawn. And it made the anxious person more anxious about whether the relationship was going to work or not. And then remember the other video? That one was interesting. Um, how to avoidance keep an anxious person. So the avoidant will shut down. And then the anxious person will say, now I'm leaving. Right? Mm -hmm. And then the avoidant, avoidant will like, then... I love you. Mm -hmm. Stay. Mm -hmm. I'll give you whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I'll cook, I'll clean. Mm -hmm. And that only happens like for about two weeks and then goes right back to the No, it didn't say two weeks. It I said for I, a span saying, of time. Span of time. Just, I've been there before. <laughs> so have I. And that's the hard part when you have two attachment styles like this because it feels like you're always playing a game of toss. And then, you know... I hate you. I can't be with you. Fuck you. I'm no, leaving. I don't. Not, okay, I love you. Come back. Okay. I don't. It's gonna be different. I say that's us. I'm saying like that's how the video made it seem. Oh yeah, that was how the video made it seem. Right. I yeah. think they used that analogy too because they were tossing a ball and the avoidant then kept it, and then the anxious person got like, you know, like ah. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna toss it back or not? yeah Please. right that was like the face of me like are you gonna toss it back or what like and then they got all anxious again it's like when you're playing with somebody with catch and you start faking you and throw the ball to them they don't know and right when they don't expect it, you just throw See, it back and that's at them. messed up because i should have known then i should have known that was a red flag with you because you used to do that to leela you know like you're throwing the ball to her and then she'd get all like anxious see you messed up our dog's attachment style that's why she's anxious she's boring that way <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, I think having a relationship is, it can be challenging. As beautiful as it is, it has its challenges. But when you do have these attachment styles that have, that aren't secure, it makes it, it makes it hard to navigate when you don't know what the stuff is. Because I, like I said, when I was looking this stuff over, I was like, man, how would I have been had I known this like when I was younger? Right? Like, like. It's just, it's crazy. And then 40% of the population are avoidant, anxious. Like, damn, I'm not alone. There's other people like here. Like, we get it. We get it, you know? Um, Reach out, people. Tell us your story. <laughs> so what, the avoidant can see her like you? Damn right. <laughs> and then you pull it out. <laughs> but I think that's really hard for me. That's really hard for me, but it I do take whatever opportunity when you when you do become vulnerable and you are open. 
I really do take those windows of opportunity to just try to be as present as possible and focused and in tune and listening. But I think with my attachment style, it does become like kind of nerve wracking. Like, is this going to be the time where he talks and tells me stuff? Or is this going to be the time where he's just quiet? Like, what is he going to do? I don't think I have like a big fear of you abandoning me so much. Like, I don't think like in the beginning. Yeah. Because I think everything was new and I think you just weren't used to a relationship either. I think you're more of like, uh, whatever happens, happens. And I'm like, I like this planned. I like this. I like things this way. Order, organization. And, but that, I think that's what attracts me to you. And that's a weird way is you're not like that. I don't think I could be with somebody who's exactly like me. Because I'd be like, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> I don't know. What, what about you? Do you think you could be with somebody who was like, I don't give a shit about anything? And to be home, give a shit about anything. We'll be living on the streets. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, do you think, do you see yourself being with somebody like yourself? No, I don't. Because they're probably annoying me. You're like, I'm out of here. You don't care? I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I would be interested to see, like, what a relationship with two avoidance is like. What a relationship with two anxious attachment styles is like. But then maybe that will work because they're both, I don't know. Both anxious. Hold me, okay. You hold me. You're not holding me the way I want you to hold me. Yeah. Insecure attachment. I, I don't know. When I evaluate some of the people I see around me in relationships... I haven't yet, for me, like, I've really evaluated. Not, like, I've just seen, like, surface level. Like, I know them. Because if I I know you, but I don't know you know you, I don't look in your relationship like that, do you? But if I know somebody and we're, like, really close, I do be looking like, okay. Like who, for instance? <laughs> uh-uh. I'm going to go to the, the avoidant fearful route on this one. I ain't answering. But I do look, I, I really do. I have yet to have found someone that I know, know, like we're very close that I, that is like secure attachment. I don't know any family members of mine that I can confidently say like, yeah, they're, they're secure attachment, you know? No. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh. I think you had me walking around looking at people I know, like, hmm. But that you know, no. Do you think any of your siblings have a secure attachment? Not to throw any of them under the bus. And it's it's nothing bad either. I mean, like, it's just your attachment style. I don't know. Never paid attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want anybody to be like, oh, this bitch. She's checking me out like that. Like, she's looking at my shit like that. Like, no, I, just for my own, like, weird interest, I guess. Like, I just kind of look and. And I have people uh, analyzing other people's relationship who watch, who listen to this. (laughs) No, I mean, I don't, I can't really say anything. I'm not responsible. (laughs) I, it's just interesting. It's just interesting because. Like I said, out of people that I know, know, and I'm really close to, and I guess I don't know, no, no people that, you know, not really close to a lot of people. I feel like I'm rambling now because I feel like I said something wrong. <laughs> I ain't had people just walk empty. What do you think about us? No! <laughs> Please don't ask me because I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I say it in my head. No, away. I'm not even going to say it in my head. Just don't ask. <laughs> but, um,. Yeah, it was just interesting to learn, like, this episode. And I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Learning about, like, not so much love language. Because that one I felt like, you know, wasn't anything that was... Had to make me look really deeply, I guess. You know? I felt like the love language one was fun. But the attachment style, when I had to start, like, digging and really thinking about that... I. I kind of got a little burnt out from it. Um, that one, that one was a little bit of a rough one for me. The attachment style, and even fearful avoidant. Like, it took me a few days to like look at it. I was watching videos from like different therapists, 
on it. And then I ended up stumbling to all these narcissist videos. But, uh, yeah, it's just attachment. That's, that's where I'm at is how do I, how do I now being someone who's anxious attachment now being aware of this, how do I make sure that my son doesn't have an anxious attachment? Because I know that that this is kind of, for me, I feel like this is on me. Like, how do I make sure that he is secure? Like, how do I, how do I make sure he has a secure attachment to me so he can have a secure attachment in relations as he gets older you know how do i make him feel validated you know how do i make him feel close how do i make him feel loved because i don't want to give him anxious attachment i don't want him to have avoidant dismissive or fearful i want him to be able to be close to other people and be open and vulnerable and express his emotions. Yeah. Do you have anything to say? Because you're just staring at me. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. I'm nodding no, my head. But you. do you have anything to say? No, not really. No. Okay. Well, thank you, special guest, for joining me. I guess we're going to wrap it up here. I don't feel like I have anything else to say. Uh, there are other tests out there. Like, online, you could just Google, like attachment style quiz um and just see what you find and like my husband suggested just try your best to answer those questions as open and honestly as possible um yeah Rahelo, do you have anything else to share yeah if there's like questions on there that she won't feel like answering honestly in front of her just tell you i go to the bathroom well you don't have just, to do it with your partner we not just saying like you know if if your partner's trying to make you do it right there, and you don't feel comfortable, just go to the bathroom, act like you're taking a number two. Well, now let the listeners have heard that. I'm pretty sure if somebody tries to do that, they're going to say no. Remember he said? I'm leaving this one on you. <laughs> they don't know who I am. <laughs> um, yeah, but I would say if you do take it, like he said, just be open and honest and take it by yourself. You don't necessarily have to take it with your partner and just see where you are. Look at the different... The, Google. Google's our best friend here. <laughs> Google it and see, you know, read through, see what you may be. And I think it's always a fun way to kind of explore the self, right? To get to know yourself and know who you are. Right. Yeah. Um, and not that you're doomed if you have an anxious attachment style. That's something I guess I could add. Uh, you're not doomed if you have an avoidant, dismissive... You're not doomed if you have avoid and fearful or anxious preoccupied. At least you know what it is and you can say, like, you can explain things, you know, to your partner. And then they could explain to you how they are. And I think that communication is really what makes a relationship depend, you know, hold on. I want to rephrase that. <laughs> I think communication and the quality of your communication really is what's important in your relationship. Would you agree with that or disagree? I agree. Yeah. What makes you agree? Yeah, communicate. Yeah. Communication is the key. It really is. It really, really is. And I think... In relationships and that work. If you don't communicate, then you're doomed. Well, doomed, that, I tell yeah, you. Doomed. No, no, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> Disclaimer, you are not doomed. <laughs> He's just being silly. Um, but in all seriousness, if you know, if you become more self-aware and you kind of have a better sense of these attachment styles and you're ready to step forward in a relationship and, you know, you can catch, hey, like I'm being avoidant right now. Like I, I feel uncomfortable and I want to shut down emotionally. How can I work through that? You know, how can you get to a place where you create a secure attachment with your partner? And like I said, I think just, you know, learning how to communicate is the best thing. Because I will tell you this. My husband, when we first got together, he was not a very good communicator. I'm still not. But you, oh, you're a lot better. A lot better. Um, and I've said that too. Like, I've seen different parts of you that a lot of people don't get to see, which is really nice. Mm. It's really nice because 
when you are vulnerable, vulnerable, and you are open, it's really helpful, you know? So, anything else to add before we wrap this up? Um, uh, no. Yeah. Trust me, guys, he does talk more than this. <laughs> yeah, I could be drunk. And well, no, I didn't want to do that this time. <laughs> I did not want to do that this time. <laughs> but yeah, that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Stay tuned next week. I want to keep the theme of relationships going. Uh, Madi, who had joined on the episode uh, Living with ADHD Part 2, she's going to be join a, joining the show again to talk about green flags and red flags flags in a relationship um so off air amadi and i had a really cool conversation about that topic and i was like hey why don't you come back on for an episode let's talk about it uh not a lot of people we we focus on the the red flags in people you know social media i see a lot of posts on that but we don't focus on the green flags so we're really going to talk about that the next episode so i think it's going to be a fun one it's going to be lighter it's going to be fun so make sure you guys tune in for that one. Um, find me on Instagram, Facebook at Mind If We Chat, and thank you guys for joining me. We're hello. Well, thank you. Thank everybody. you for joining us. Oh yes, for jo- oh I like that for joining us. Look at that. <laughs> All right, guys. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Yes, have a enjoy your weekend. Your weekend. All right. Bye, guys. I am not a mental health professional. I am an individual who is passionate about mental health and topics related to mental health. Research has been done on these topics and I am sharing my own personal experience. All conversation and information exchange are intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Any information shared should not be used as medical advice or to self-diagnose. If you believe you are experiencing an emergency, please talk to your primary physician or call 911.